The city of Eugene, Oregon, the seat of Lane County, lies along the banks of the Willamette River, just off Interstate 5 in the western part of the Beaver State. Named for its first settler, Eugene Skinner, who arrived in the 1840s, the city has grown steadily since the arrival of the railroad in 1870 to become the state's second-largest city behind Portland, boasting a population of more than 112,000. Idyllic in its natural beauty, Eugene is comfortably nestled in the fertile Willamette Valley, a nearly homogeneous expanse of lowland accentuated by forest hills formed by the Cascade Mountains to the east and the Coast Range to the west. Occasionally at day's end, especially during the smoky late summer and early autumn months when farmers do most of their field burning, dusk eerily fills the hills and countryside around Eugene with a purple haze just before night draws down like a black cowl. Midway between the state's northern and southern borders, some 110 miles south of Portland, Eugene, although it has seen better days, is still known as a center for timber and wood products industries, as well as for food processing plants and home to the University of Oregon. Unfortunately, the city is also known as the setting for one of Oregon's most diabolical and fantastic contract murders ever. Friday, July 6, 1984, proved to be a grueling and depressing day for Louise Manning, a maid at Eugene's classy Valley River Inn, a four-star, 258-room establishment that faces the Willamette River and is noted for its fine dining. With the Fourth of July holiday now behind her, Louise had hoped that business would calm down, if only a little at the hotel. But it hadn't. There weren't any vacancies for that Friday night, and by noon, the hotel was booked throughout the weekend with tourists and business people alike. As the summer sun continued to bear down on the Willamette Valley, raising the mercury to the mid-90s, Louise sweated profusely as she pushed her utility cart toward the door of room 305. When she routinely checked her assignment sheet, she saw that room 305 was listed as a checkout, which meant that she would have to strip the room and replace the soiled linen with fresh sheets and towels. After assembling the items she would need, Louise knocked on the door three times. Using her pass key, she opened the door several inches and dutifully called out, Maid, but did not enter the room. Although there was no response, Louise saw luggage on the floor near the door and heard that the television was on. Slightly embarrassed, thinking that she had nearly walked into a still-occupied room, Louise hastily closed the door and went on to the next room on her list. It wasn't until 3 p.m. that Louise made it back to room 305. She had stopped for lunch and had decided to clean several other rooms before returning. The guest in 305, she reasoned, should have departed by now. It was one of the last rooms on her list of units to be cleaned that day, and Louise was by now in a hurry because she didn't want to put in any overtime, particularly on a Friday. Friday evening was her time for rest, relaxation, and sometimes recreation. Louise figured on room 305 being an easy unit to finish, after which she could get on to her final rooms of the day. 
Although she had every reason to believe that the occupant had checked out by now, Louise, out of habit, nonetheless identified herself again, then used her pass key and cautiously opened the door. Strangely, the luggage was still there, near the door where she had seen it earlier, and the TV was still on, causing her to wonder if the guest had decided to stay over for a second night. If the guest was indeed a stayover, she thought, someone should at least have let her know. Do you need any maid service? She called out as she pushed the door open the rest of the way. But, just like before, there was no response. She had taken barely two steps into the room when she suddenly realized why no one had responded to her earlier. Across the room, and directly in front of her, lay the motionless body of a woman, naked from the waist down, sprawled face down on the bed.